Brandon, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 2022. Oh, it is. I've got a multiple feeling inside me. What? I've got multiple feelings inside me, at least two. Okay. It's the year of two. And two. And 22. And 2022. Yeah, it is. This is our first episode of a brand new year, and we're, you know, it's, you know how many of us there are? How many of us? <laughs> yeah. What? You know how many of us there are? Two? There's two. <laughs> At the bargain den? At the bargain den. It's your weekly source of financial advice in the form of us watching movies and then telling you whether or not they're frugal or do they even have the number two hidden somewhere inside of them. I'm Brandon. I'm Donna. Just thought I'd get that out of the way. Well, also, if you think about it, we have two humans and two cats. That is true. That is true. Any other two related things in our life? Well, you do another podcast called 2D or Not 2D. That is true. Which has two twos. Just as the year itself has three twos in it, but... (laughs) Well, but then there's you and Nikki, which is another pair, which makes three twos. Yes. So that would be that. And, and that's that. That's that. That's really that. That's all I mean there is. And that's all that they wrote about it. Um, okay. Well, I mean, we just, just that there's, there's so many twos. Yeah. That's all that who wrote. The who... It's a band that wrote a bunch of other songs. I don't know. <laughs> That's that I was I was, you know, it's just kind of a turn of phrase. That's all they wrote, you know. It was about twos and all the hidden twos that are spread out throughout our lives. If you think about it, if you really think about it, you know, the world's all filled, it's all binary, it's all ones and zeros these days. But when are you gonna find all the hidden twos around you? Because we're not living in a computer world. This is the real world. Get off the internet, folks. You heard it here. Get off the internet. Get off the internet. Find your twos. 2022, find your twos. That's that's what we'll live by this year. Get See, off the internet. Now I'm curious, like, if you really started looking, where would you find twos? You know, like, what if there's an elaborate conspiracy out there? Like, e- yeah. you know, that whole thing of, like, two plus two equals fish. And stuff. Uh, wait, wait, wait. No, I don't know. You're going to have to go ahead and explain that one to me. Well, it's kind of a visual thing. Do you have a pen and paper? Donna, you know I don't have a pen and paper. How dare you back me into this? Actually, yeah, there is just right over there. It's, well, the, uh, it's not. Look, just watch my hand. Okay. Two plus two, that's a fish. <gasps> do you get it? I do get it. Oh my gosh. It's like one of those dumb jokes that kids do in elementary school. I've never like, heard of that. But you don't even know what two plus two is. And you're like, I do, you idiot. It's four. And then they're like, no, it's fish. <laughs> like that. We joke about this a lot, but <laughs> I, this is the first time I think that as a listener, I would genuinely be 
infuriated because I would not visually know what you just did to show that to me. <laughs> and I'd be like, what do you, what, what did Brandon see in that moment? Yeah. And see, I could try to explain what that looks like visually, but I'm not going to. Sorry. You're going to have to look it up. You know what? Sometimes the research that falls on you, you know, you listening right now. Yeah. We, usually we do the work for you, but not on this podcast, but yeah. Yeah. Well, we put in the work. But anyway, what did we watch this week, Donna? This week we watched Under the Silver Lake. Under the Silver Lake, based in Silver Lake, California. Um, and and stars Andrew Garfield as Sam. And it stars the other person whose name I have right here pulled up. It has, oh my gosh, uh, Riley Kyo as Sarah. Um Topher Grace is in it. He's just bar buddy. Uh, Ricky Lindholm. Yeah, it got a lot of people in it. It was directed by the guy who did uh, It Follows, uh, David Robert Mitchell. David Robert Mitchell. It's an A24, right? Yes, yes it is. We love A24. We love A24 around these these parts. <laughs> A24. Yes. Like that. Fan. Big fan of their silly, silly movies that they make over there at A24. A24. I'm also a big fan of Andrew Garfield. I'm just going to throw that one out there. You know, I don't think you're alone. I think that uh, I think that many would be on your side in saying that uh, they are big fans of Garfield. But they hate Mondays. But they hate Mondays. <laughs> Do you want to talk about this movie? Or you want me to start it off? Oh, I'd love for you to start it off. Under the Silver Lake. I barely got Under that. Under the silver lake there. <laughs> under, <laughs> under the silver lake follows Sam. And Sam is about to be kicked out of his apartment. And, you know, he really would like that not to happen. But he also doesn't really care. Um, and he kind of becomes obsessed with this new woman who lives in his apartment, um, who is Sarah. And uh, he kind of starts to semi-stalk Sarah until they finally get to hang out one night where they... They smooch. And after they smooch, uh, he has to leave. And then when he wakes up the next day, she is completely gone. She never lived in that apartment. Dun, dun, dun. I guess they moved out overnight. So then Andrew Andrew Garfield, Sam, Sam has to go and find Sarah, uh, Riley Keough. And he then begins his hunt all over Silver Lake, California, looking for Sam or Sarah. He breaks into their apartment, what was their apartment. Sarah's apartment. And he finds this weird symbol on the wall, and he sees another woman enter the apartment and take... We're going to spoil this, by the way. It's a very heavily spoiled movie. Takes a box out of Sarah's old room. And so he ends up finding... A comic book artist, a local comicist, a local uh, a zine, local zine creator, who writes. Who, go ahead. Yeah, he writes a, a a monthly zine, I think, uh, called Under the Silver Lake, and it's got a bunch of like weird myths and conspiracies. And he's like, "Hey, can I ask you some stuff?" And he asks the dude about the symbol, and he's like, "Yeah, that's a like." Be quiet. Be quiet. And 
what it was like the hobo alphabet. Yeah, it was the 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 hobos and vagabonds would have a secret code system so that they would they would mark houses and areas based on their safety or if you know they had like a gun there or something they would or make if there a, were dogs. They would scratch a sign in the front front post of the house and like the mailbox so other hobos and vagabonds would know what to expect if they were to try to ask this home for help. Right. So this one's stay quiet. And um, and he learns some more things from that guy. Starts piecing together, like about some the stuff. The owl woman, the owl's kiss, the owl's kiss. Um, this guy's kind of a cryptozoologist, kind of almost like he's documenting all the mythical monsters that are actually lurking in the dark shadows of Silver Lake, California. And one of them is this, like, owl lady that if she finds you and kisses you, you die? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, he also learns that there's supposed to be a map on the back of a cereal box, and I don't know. He starts seeing codes and patterns and everywhere he goes, and he starts to really question the fact that, you know, somebody is creating the media that we ingest and why would they not be putting these secret messages in for their covert, nefarious means uh, in, in every bit of media that we consume? So he follows the girl who went into that apartment and stole the box, took the box, whatever. And this girl meets up with two other girls and then they go a bunch of places and then finally meet up with this guy that he had seen at Sarah's apartment the night he last saw her before she disappeared. He's a pirate. He's a pirate. Arr. So he's like, something's up with this dude. And he starts like putting together codes and seeing this dude at other places. And he's going to these parties and meeting these people who are in these weird like actor societies and stuff. And... He finally pieces enough together to get to the house of this guy. Yes. The I didn't mu- skip too much, did I? It, nah, it's fine. Okay. I mean, like, a lot did happen, but, like, watch it. There's, It's a very, like, thing after thing happens, and so we're, we're paraphrasing a lot of it. But he does eventually get to the, the mansion of the, the songwriter. The songwriter. And the songwriter is this, uh, you know, 70, 80-year-old man who reveals that he is responsible for all of the greatest music hits uh, of the last, you know, 40, 50 years. Every Um, earworm you know and love, it's him. He is the one that's actually responsible for it. There aren't actual hardworking musicians writing these classics. Um, And it finally gets to Sam uh, whenever he starts, the the songwriter starts playing uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Um, And... He kind of starts to lunge at the songwriter, and the songwriter brings out a gun uh, and shoots at Sam, who eventually takes Kurt Cobain's guitar and smashes the songwriter's head to pieces. And kills him. And kills him. He then goes back to his apartment and uh, has a confrontation with the Owl's Kiss at that point. Yeah. um, He manages to escape the Owl's Kiss, but you know who didn't? is that zine artist. Yeah. And uh, at some point, 
Sam is trying to figure some more stuff out and he's going back to the zine artist for help. And that's when he discovers the cops at his house. Yes. And Sam's like, what happened? And they're like, he killed himself. And Sam's like, doesn't track to me. But the zine artist had showed him his like secret hideout that he also had video cameras. I don't know. That's where he sees the owl's kits on the video. Mm-hmm. Somehow that leads him to finding well, because he he takes his cereal box that has the map and then also discovers that that's related to a video game magazine and the two of them together create a real life map. Also, um just real quick forgot to mention Sarah, the girl that Sam is looking for has been reported to have been murdered in a not murdered, but died in a car accident. Her and two other quote-unquote prostitutes, as well as this billionaire, have died mm-hmm. in a fiery car accident. Important to the story. Yes. So the the billionaire who's died, um, one of his daughters is also keen to find him, and Sam kind of hooks up with the daughter, not like sexually, but like... Also sexually. But kind of also sexually a little bit, but... I think she's gay, so it's kind of just also a front. I don't know. Anyway, they start, like, talking and trying to piece things together. And also, there's something about, like, a cave, and he finds a weird hideout. And then he finds um, this other billionaire on a mountaintop with three other young girls, the ones that he's been pursuing, who were last at Sarah's apartment. And reveals that this is all a rich person's fantasy to be buried just like the kings of Egypt. Yeah, if you're rich enough, you can hire this hireless service. You can hire this service where they will fake yours and three others' death. And these are three women who will live with you in your bunker. And you just live out your days. It's something like... 90 days or a year or something you get to spend. That's how much food and supplies there are. And you just like drink and have sex and watch movies and have fun until you die. Yeah. And uh, this upsets Andrew Garfield, Sam. Um, but, so, but he's able to talk to Sarah on the phone because she's already in the bunker. And Sarah's like, oh, did I make a bad mistake? Should I not have done this? And the billionaire that Sam found is like, hey, be nice to her because there's literally no way she can get out of that tomb, so don't cause her to panic. Yeah. And so they say goodbye, and Sam returns home and sees his topless bird-watching, bird-owning neighbor, goes to visit her, and then they make love, and then he escapes getting evicted from his apartment. Yeah, that that's Under the Silver Lake. Under the Silver Lake. What'd you think of it, Donna? I really liked this movie. Um, we didn't talk about it a lot because it's really intricate, but there's a lot of conspiracies and they're actually really good and interesting. I just wanted to throw that out there. Like, there's no way we could do it justice. You would just have to watch the movie to understand the level of intricate details that went into making this rat maze of puzzles and conspiracies. 
It's kind of like uh, if somebody gave cocaine to a film noir from the 40s. <laughs> yeah? All right. Doesn't that seem accurate? Okay. Yeah. Um, I also liked it very much. It was a lot of fun. This was my second watch of it. And I liked it a lot. Uh, it Follows is one of my favorite scary movies. We should watch that sometime for the show because I like it a lot. Yeah, it's been a while. I could I could watch that again. Um, well, let's go to our newish segment of the show, but continuing from uh, uh, 2021, um, what, uh, it's our uh, boxed in review show. Box, 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 boxed in. All right, this first uh, review is a top review on, on uh, uh, Letterboxd. Uh, it is written by, uh, reviewed by Zara, who gave the film four and a half stars and said, did... Did the songwriter write All Star? Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Probably. Obviously, yes. Probably, yeah. Um, let's see. There's two more here uh, that I wanted to read. This is a recent review by Brittany. Uh, Brittany gave it four stars and said, Andrew Garfield was so hot in this. I expect I wasn't supposed to have this, this takeaway, but he just looks so good. Crazy movie. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate, Brittany. I'm going to like that review there. Um and then the last one is by Cassie. Cassie says, 50% confused, 50% Andrew Garfield walk running. <laughs> That's a good point. He did a lot of walk running. I did. He did. Mm. All right. Well, um, that was boxed in. I think it's time to see if we can find some good shoes to do some walk running ourselves in the clearance aisle. I got new kicks. And on the bottom, there's a map. Ooh, what will we find the treasure? But you can only see the map if you let a dog pee on the bottom of your shoe. <laughs> it has to be fresh pee too. You can't just like bottle pee and then put it on your shoe. Yeah, it's it's a temperature thing. You got to make it warm, like a yeah. national treasure. But not too warm. But not too not too warm. Um, mm-hmm. But was this a frugal movie, Donna? Oh boy. Okay, so getting evicted, not frugal. That's going to fuck up your credit score for like at least 7 years. Right. So, don't don't do that, okay? Like get a job. Get a job. Um yeah, I I think the the hunting down of a woman that you met just one night instead of um anything else, you know, of stopping yourself from being evicted. <laughs> not a good call. I mean, you clearly, you know, weren't so infatuated with this woman to not, you know, have sex with other women and and pursue them. I don't know. It didn't seem like a genuine love. It seemed more of like an obsessive infatuation type of deal. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Also, he has this really nice car that gets repoed like halfway through the movie. And that's also not frugal. Like, it really feels like he just has lost all interest in being part of of the capitalist machine, but he still wants to reap the benefits from it. And that's not frugal. Like, I'm sorry, because I wish this weren't the case, but if you are going to live a materialistic life in the United States of America, you do have to have a source of income. What a bummer. Go ahead. What else? (laughs) Um... Let's see. Uh, I I think I didn't like how he he had a big stack of Nintendo Power magazines, and if I'm not mistaken, he like wrote on that pretty majorly. Um, it seemed like it was a pretty 
mint condition first issue of Nintendo Power. Holy shit, he could have sold those and paid his rent. Yeah, exactly. What the fuck? You're right. He completely destroyed a first edition, first volume copy of a game magazine, which you know someone is willing to pay for. You know. Like, holy shit. Wow, I didn't even think about how much of a disgrace that is to collectors everywhere. Mm. Not hmm. not good. He also not frugal. inadvertently ripped up a Spider-Man magazine at one point because he, he, well, he gets into a fight with these kids because they key up his car and put bubblegum under his door handle. And the next morning when he wakes up, his hand is much like the, the Spider-Man himself. His hand is stuck to a magazine or a comic book of Spider-Man. When did Spider-Man come out? Like, was that on purpose? Yes. Yeah. No, this came out in 2019 and (sighs) Spider-Man with him. I keep forgetting that this movie is super recent. Or 2018, pardon me. I think it was 2019, really, like, one of those that, like, it had its first premiere in 2018, but didn't get an actual release until 2019. That's wild. Anyway. Yeah. I'm going to say another not frugal thing. Um, The main character, Sam, makes it apparent early on in the movie that there are skunks around. That's a problem here. And yet, he runs into a skunk and gets himself sprayed and then ends up having to spend a bunch of money on, like, tomato juice for baths. And that's just not frugal. Like, you could have prevented that, I think, sir. Sam. 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 Uh, I also think, and I don't agree with this morally, but I think it is a frugal point to the film. Uh, Sam mentions that he does not like homeless people. And while that is very, uh, uh, I guess it's, you know, morally it's pretty uh, pretty frivolous. You need to, to tighten up and be a little bit more frugal with your morals. But it's uh, financially very frugal to not want to help the homeless. That's a good point. Um, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I, I felt, you know. I mean, yeah, I, morals aside, it is frugal here's not the thing. to want to give away your money to other people. You're just, you're so brave sometimes with your frugal and not frugal points that I felt I should also go out on a limb and See, say. See, I feel like I was just really caught off guard. And I, no, I appreciate you, Brandon. Brandon. Yes. Yes. I appreciate you being honest and really getting out of your comfort zone and into the frugal mindset. Into under the silver lake. (laughs) It's just, it caught me off guard because I'm so used to being the one with the controversial frugality points and then you being like, no, we don't want to say that. Stop, stop, stop. (laughs) Maybe 2022 is a new year, baby. We could switch it up and I'll start being, I'll I'll start being a controversial boy. (laughs) He's a controversial boy. It's it's 2022. My new moniker is Brandon Hamrick, uh, controversy boy. Controversy boy. So just, you know, like I'll just keep your head on a swivel and I'm going (laughs) to... Just say some stuff, and uh, you know, if you don't like it, you you can you, you get out of here. You can you can you can pause this episode, and and you can just not finish it if you don't like it, and listen to the next one. Yeah, I'm controversy take that. boy. <laughs> That's such a controversial take, Brandon. Um, this is gonna be a controversial take. Let's go to uh, our thrifty trivia. Thrifty trivia. Sam's ringtone is the theme for the uh, from the Commodore 64 game, The Last Ninja. 
I think it was frugal to have a like a kind of a niche specific mm. ringtone that was heard several times throughout the film. And I also really liked the ringtone. Yeah, it's a nice little Easter egg. Um, the film takes place in 2011. The TV news segments shown in the film refer to the date. I know that this director is known for not putting specific time frames in the film in his movies. So I don't know. I'd say not frugal. He slipped up. He put a date. I would actually say frugal on this because this movie has tricked me over and over and over again into thinking it had been out for a while, like mm, about 10 years. And I think that's why. I think it is thoroughly well set in roughly 2011. Like Mm. I think they put in the time and the effort to make that canon. Possible, possible. After the A24 credit, some slides pass by the screen. A unicorn, a tiger, a snake, and a lion. What could that mean? See, this was the thing that I was asking you about because it was also on people's shirts. Yeah. It was weird. I think it's I think it's a red herring. See, I think I think that's frugal because it doesn't take a lot of extra work or time or money to add those little like Easter eggs again still. But they're like they don't have to do with the actual plot, the the code to crack that Sam's dealing with. And just like you said, red herring. And I think that gets you like keyed up on the suspense and the paranoia that like, what does this mean? Because it keeps popping up, but it has nothing to do with anything. Right. Um, this movie did use a lot of uh, references to other old films. Uh, other old films, you know. Old, old films. Old movies. Old people um, watch. Like uh, when he's watching his neighbor sitting on his porch, um, he's smoking a cigarette and looking through binoculars, which is like pretty much a exact recreation of Hitchcock's rear window. Mm. Um, and then the location where Sam finds... Uh, the end of the tunnel with the homeless king, um, or but yeah, with with the homeless king's help. Uh, I'm reading this. This is trivia. This is not me just knowing this. Um, that tunnel uh, is the same tunnel, same location that was used in Kubrick's 2001: A Space Odyssey. Um, so stuff like that. You know, I think that's frugal. I think you know, you got this movie that's kind of about references and is self-referential. Well, it also is great for like reduce, reuse, recycle. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, quite literally in the Stanley Kubrick situation, but also like, I don't know, again, with the Easter eggs and like the ringtone. I mean, yeah, they might have had to pay for rights for that ringtone. They might not have. It might be public domain by now. I don't know. But it's it's potentially cheaper than having to make one up or like definitely cheaper than having to pay Apple for rights to their ringtone, you know, like Right, right. No, I imagine that it's definitely not in public domain, but I imagine it was not hard to get a hold of that one or easier than others. Yeah. Um this will be the last thrifty trivia. The names Sam and Sarah are uh port portmanteau of samsara. In Buddhism, samsara is the beginning cycle of repeated birth, mundane existence, and dying again. The film's most prominent theme is that of death and rebirth. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I mean, I think that everything that there is true, that that's a thing in, in uh, Buddhism, but I don't know that the most prominent theme 
of the film is is uh, death and rebirth. I, I think that that's a maybe a little bit of a stretch. I'm very intrigued by this because I'd like to believe that, but it might be a little too convenient. But then again, that's what the whole movie is, is like making connections, even if it might not really be there. Yeah, that one's tough. I, I don't, don't know. I don't think that's either frugal or not frugal. But we need to yeah, make it's a, just a something to chew on. Something to chew on. We need to make a call with this one, Donna. Is it frugal or not frugal? I feel like we've got a lot more not frugal points. Okay. I mean, even even the whole the big reveal was like, oh, these rich people are faking their deaths and hiring, but like that's not frugal. I mean, there's a lot more frugal ways to die. And make sure that your name or your wealth lives on in history. I don't know. That's that's my thought. Like, instead of spending millions on making yourself and three women disappear, you could be, like, starting a library or, like, a school for the deaf or something. I don't know. Anything. It like almost anything else. I mean, nope. Okay, sorry. That's that's all. <laughs> yeah, no, super not frugal. I'm gonna say not frugal. And are you ready for this lesson? I'm so ready. I'm gonna say don't don't watch Under the Silver Lake. It's not frugal. Stop looking for things that aren't there. Stop looking for things that aren't there. Yeah. Get back to work. Get well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that one, but. <laughs> All right. Do you want to thank some people, Donna? Absolutely. First, thank you, Brandon, for doing this podcast with me. And second, thank you, the listener, for listening to the podcast. Because if you didn't do that, it wouldn't... Like, this is a relationship. And without both parties participating, there is nothing. So thank you. Also, I want to thank Sarah Anastasia for the use of her artwork that we use for our thumbnail. And I want to thank the Lounge Kittens for the use of their cover of Dirty Deeds. I also want to thank Anchor for hosting our podcast. That's in relation to Spotify. And we appreciate being hosted for free. I'd also like to thank our Bargainer. Who's our Bargainer this week, Brandon? Our bargainer is, hold on, it's loading. All right, our bargainer is a new bargainer. <gasps> no, uh. Yes, it is Jack3245. Thank you, Jack. Jack says, this podcast is such a fun ride. Brandon and Donna are both funny and play off each other in the best ways. Thank you for being frugal. <gasps> well, thank you, Jack. Aw, Jack, thanks. Thank you very kindly for your kind words. Uh, I cannot believe Baj has been dethroned. Baj has been dethroned. Baj, you had a wonderful run. Um, oh, also the title of uh, of uh, Jack's review is uh, The Duo of the Decade. Aw. Fuck yes. 2020s, <laughs> you belong to us. Yes, the duo. And this is the year oh of the twos. Gosh. The duo. Jack, you set circle. us up so well. Oh my God. Jack. Holy shit. Jack. Holy shit. That's <laughs> just no, a preview. The preview for an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Um, <laughs> uh, you'll get that in a couple episodes, maybe, or maybe next episode. Anyway, if you want to be like Jack, you can log on to iTunes Podcast and leave us a review there, or log on somewhere else and leave us a review and let us know about it. Uh, reach us at thebargaindincast at gmail.com. 
and uh, let us know, and we'll we'll put you as the bargain heir. Um, but is there anything else you want to say, Donna? Skiddly deep. Always can count when I throw it back to you uh, for fantastic wrapping up. My name is Brandon. My name is Donna. Pinch those pennies. And stay frugal. Pineapples. Don't. Like. To. Bring. Their. Family. To. The. Theme. Park. When. The. Snow. Is. Falling. But you ain't got the guts She keeps nagging at you not